and welcome, listener, to season two, episode two of the Electronic Wireless Show. My name is Alice Bell. This is the only PC gaming podcast you need, in my opinion. I am joined once again by James. Hello, James. Hello. And by Nate. Hello. Good morning to you. Uh, And to start, I have a question for the pair of you. Do either of you have an air fryer? (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, but I I cover one. Uh, We had one before it was cool. Well, this is it, you see. James, I'm glad you don't, in a way, because we got one of those combi, it's like an air fryer pressure cooker things at the weekend, but saving up because we've coveted one for ages. And we got it, and I was all excited and, and messaging people like, look at the kitchen gadget I have. And everyone already has one. <laughs> like everyone has had an air fryer for ages. It was <laughs> it was inevitable for us though, because like I think Ashley's like only reckless character trait, um, and t- to be fair, it's a big one. Uh, is she just like impulsively buys technology for the kitchen? Um, you know, like how um, the handsome dwarf in the Hobbit gets when they 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 capture the dragon's bank. And he just keeps yeah. thinking about money and like looking from side to side and going mad. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Ashley will do that at like 3 a.m. And then some like defeated goblin will arrive at the door with a vast cardboard box the next day. <laughs> and it'll be like, oh, it's a lighty atomizer. <laughs> I love, I've done this joke before, I'm sure, but friend of the show, Tim, uh, found the dwarfs in the hobbit hilarious because he said it was like you had the hot one and then when you look at the door so you have the hot one when you look at the dwarfs and then the rest of them it's like you get a fake nose you get a fake nose you're james nesbitt you get a fake nose (laughs) (laughs) so so just to be clear alice your your issue with the air fryer isn't that there's anything wrong with the air fryer itself it's a lack of it's a lack of exclusivity It just made me feel like not having one feels like not having a tap or something. Would you would you like me to refrain from getting an air fryer so that you maintain? No, it's not that. It's it's more like I feel I've. It's like I came into school one morning and was like, "Oh, guys, have you heard of the killers?" And everyone was like, "Yeah." Oh, I see. Made me feel like a fool. (laughs) That I'm like the last person to get an air fryer. Well, apparently not, because James, you don't know, and I can recommend it. They're very good. Well, James, can I ask you a little tangential question as part of my sort of general getting to know you mission? Oh, you may. What, um, so on the, the, the subject of like coming into school and having to, to get up to date with things, what was your favourite primary school playground craze? Oh, Beyblades. Ooh. Oh, they're the, the spinning discs of war, Yeah, the, 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 the spinning tops but violent. Because um, they have I, lore. There was, there was an anime. Um Ooh. <laughs> not not a very not a very good one. Um, no, I, I don't have to brag, but I was one of my school's uh, uh, elite Beybladers. Oh, I'm proud um, of you. Yeah, thank you. That's um, impressive. Out of how many? I don't know, like seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it, it 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 was a thing. Um, my my own my only my only shortcoming in that regard was that I didn't own the official. Beyblade Arena. You 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 flung 
your you know jagged spinning tops into a little like plastic bowl essentially um with some raised sections to stop it going out and some lower sections to act as like a hazard yeah. uh to allow it to go out um and i did not have the official beyblade one i had a kind of cheap uh cheap green knockoff one uh, uh which i which i used which i used my shame but my but my actual my actual beyblade uh was very good and one one many Beyblade, would you call them matches? Like football. Struggles. Uh, struggles. <laughs> like I'm imagining it as kind of scarred and battle-worn, like one of the big robots in uh, that Robots versus Dinosaurs film. Well, oh, I, I, I had the... Uh, yeah. I, I had the Beyblade that specialised in defence, so the whole point of it was to just allow other Beyblades to ping off it until they... I didn't know <laughs> until essentially they, they 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 got they got worn down and tired and stopped spinning and mine was just you know teeter, teetering around in the middle. Still I didn't realise straight. you were the bloody Sun Zoo of frisbees. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise the Beyblades had stats. I thought they well, were Nate, just. You, sh- you should have watched the anime. Oh well, my respect is rapidly curdling to fear. <laughs> but that's that's acceptable. Good, good. Um, while I'm here as well, uh, shout out to friend of the show, Justin, who uh, messaged me to ask, uh, too late, unfortunately, if we could do a, a special episode on the best facial animations in games. Uh, and uh, also disclosed to me that he did the face animations on uh, Odin in God of War Ragnarok. Hmm. I know, I thought it was very cool. Probably the second best loading after Anthony Hopkins, sir. Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I didn't realise uh, individual characters had their own dedicated facial animators. I don't. Well, I don't know quite how it works, but um, My possibly mate, more um, than one. Used to work at a visual effects house, one of the 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 big ones, and he was like always like NDA'd up to the hilt. But it was really interesting hearing him talk about the everyday of like making CGI. What, like, just the, the kind of nuts and bolts of it? Yeah, just, like, the amount of man-hours that went into, like, attempting to do water in the mid-2000s is pretty chilling. Yeah, I bet, yeah. Uh, how are you both? Are you both well? Nice? Yeah. Nate, you are right. I, I persist, yeah. Good. Uh, well, let's move on, then, to talking about some of the news this week. So uh, it's a kind of uh, the the apocalypse is now for um, battle royales, or at least two of them. That's an apocalypse, isn't it? That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Knockout City, which is uh, that dodgeball kind of battler, um, is uh, being sunset. I believe the preferred term is um, so is that online. What we call murder mouse. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, so its online services will be shut down in June, June the 6th, um, uh, but Vela and the developers are working on a standalone private server version of the game, which will come to PC sometime after. And uh, I mean, June is, is soon, but it's not as soon as Rumbleverse is uh, shutting down. They are closing at the end of the month, February the 28th. Um, they, I mean... Both games are removing their sort of monetization stuff so you can just kind of have a lovely time and use whatever, you know, 
kind of cosmetics you want. Um, they're both like, as far as I can tell, like well-received games. Rumbleverse is on one of our best battle royale lists, which is going to have to be updated. Um, so, Father, why must they die? I don't know. This is the thing. I mean, Knockout City, I guess, they're just not d- doing well enough. Uh, Knockout City was originally an EA original in, in 2021, uh, but Valen took on the publishing uh, last summer when it went free to play. And I, I guess it's just not kind of sustainable. Um, it's always an eerie thing watching a trend die, like the way all fall of business. Do you think this is it for Battle Royales? Um, yes, I've sod it. I mean, I've, I've got nothing to lose by making ridiculous <laughs> business predictions. Yeah, it's all over. More like player unemployed's battlegrounds. <laughs> oh, very good. I'm, I'm transitioning to my shock jock era, I think. <laughs> Do you want me to get a suite of sound effects, like a dog barking and a honk noise? And yeah, that, and can you start smoking cigars as well? Mm. like the horrible man yeah and we'll get like a producer that we reference called like you know old Stephen but who never speaks yeah now we're talking yeah there you go Um, yeah it's sad to see like good games that don't hit big I guess because you know Fortnite is still plodding along I say plodding I I guess sprinting manically (laughs) Is it doing good? When is it not? I don't mean like, like morally. It... Oh, I mean probably not. No, <laughs> no. Well, is it continue? It's not continuing to grow at this point. I'm presuming. I don't know. Actually, I haven't listened to any quarterly earning calls for them. Um, but it's still doing. They're doing all their tie-ins and stuff. So one presumes so. Um, in a similar but different, similar but different vein. I'm back for blood which is the kind of Left 4 Dead spiritual successor, is uh, it won't be getting new content. So the last December's third expansion was its last. It'll still The servers will still be live and you can still play it. But uh, the developers, Turtle Rock, say that they're going to make a new game so they don't have time to concentrate on, on continually updating Back for Blood anymore. Um, and on Kotaku, there was an article basically saying, like, it's okay if a game sort of finishes like in the old days we'd be okay with a developer doing a game supporting it for a bit and then yeah. doing something else yeah uh, i mean the, the thing the thing with both back for blood and knockout city is they've had what a year and a half like nearly two years for knockout city yeah. i think so to someone who doesn't count beans that, that that seems like a decent innings yeah um they haven't really you can't really say they've died in ignominy like rumbleverse has no offense to rumbleverse that is fair, James. That is a fair point. Whereas, yeah, Rumbleverse, which Ollie, our guide writer, or guide editor, sorry, said, I think he said the two hours he spent playing it were the best two hours he's had in a Battle Royale game. That's the best two it's, hours of his life. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's profound. That's, it, it's been like, I think, six months since it came out. Wow. So Ollie and presumably... The other two people who play around with us are going to be crushed. Well, this is it. It's a little bit like whenever anything gets cancelled and people are like, oh, sad to see it go. I never played Rumbleverse. You know, if I if I cared that much <laughs> about it not shutting down, I should have been on the front lines, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Isn't this the, the controversial thing about Netflix's 
like supposedly trigger happy cancelling policy is that like the metric they use is how many people stick it to the end of series. So a lot of the people getting upset are usually people haven't watched more than like a couple of episodes. It sounds weirdly gatekeepy, but maybe I don't know what Netflix have this year. It was like the or last the last financial year, I guess, was the first time that they haven't grown. So they didn't lose money, but they didn't make more profit than the year before, kind of thing. So right. they're a bit like, ooh. <laughs> Isn't that just because like everyone has Netflix now? Probably, yeah. But they're doing that thing now. This is branching into different news, but they're gonna read well, like lock your um sign in so you can't share Netflix anymore, which I guess will force more people to get Netflix. So you can't share your login. My little brother is going to have to get Netflix, basically. Which will earn them, you know, a few quid. (laughs) They'll turn things around. Uh I mean, Nate, you you play games that I guess are old but have still been getting updates, right? Yeah, I would say that probably comprises most of what I play, actually. Um, it's quite interesting as well for... I, I'm just making up business rules out of my ass here, but like for strategy games, I think there's expected to be a much longer but less spectacular lifespan of sort of after-the-fact DLC. Um you, you can't really do epic season pass launches for a for a strategy game, can you? Yeah, this is it, and it's it's interesting because like Age of Empires four launched with like I think the potential to do a lot of that, to, like be a big macho like game as a service AAA effort, but everyone just sort of politely nodded and carried on playing Age of Empires two with its busted <laughs> lobby system, which is quite interesting. I would love it though if Age of Empires and strategy games like that had ridiculous tie-ins like Fortnite does. Like if if you could be playing like I don't know what's what's an army in Age of Empires, Nate? The Ottoman, the Romans. Yeah, and suddenly you can train Blackbeard from our flag means death. Yeah, yeah, that, or that like would be good. The, in the corner of your map appears an army led by like ninja, <laughs> the streamer. <laughs> Mr. Beast's face just yeah. built into a massive cliff like an idol of a dead god. Yeah, just like an army of little Jacksepticeyes. Yeah, no thanks, I couldn't cope with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's big though, big ideas. Do, do, you, do you guys think that it is the success of like Fortnite and maybe your, your PUBG that has made people expect more from games like this than uh i mean i think i think games having multiplayer games having long lifespans existed way before fortnite like um i i, I still play team fortress 2 like several times a week and that hasn't had like a major update since like i think 2015 don't 2017 uh have they fixed the massive bot problem um <laughs> uh, to 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 a degree i think um I never, I never felt that because I, I played the game correctly, which was using uh, community servers. Anyway, oh, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, to, I, I, I just don't think it's like really. I don't think it's sustainable to expect every game with multiplayer to last ten years. Um, so I, 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 ho- I hope there are enough sane people in publishing to to realize that fact <laughs> and realize that there's 
there's probably just not like enough player time to go around. That's true. That's very um, true. I, this is good. James is the voice of reason. What we need to do clearly is teach like orangutans to play games, and it would stop them from getting bored in like zoos and rehabilitation centers and stuff, and would create new players. Yeah, like monkeys with typewriters, but monkeys with well, eight apes with uh, with PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> and good. then, if I was playing, I wouldn't be able to tell if it was an orangutan or you cosplaying as an ape. Oh yeah, which I actually did in PUBG. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So a bloody full, life. Full circle. Um, on to some happier news then, which this is a, a Nate-centric story. Uh, the Dwarf Fortress developers have shared their earnings report after releasing on Steam. Uh, December 2022 was uh, the last time that Dwarf Fortress, a uh, strange... Uh, <laughs> it sure is a game. Actually, sure is a game. Dwarf Fortress is about building a fortress for dwarfs, and it and its original incarnation it was free, but you could uh, support the developers with donations, and it was just a lot of little commas running around and having extremely detailed uh, simulated wars and misery and uh, and a hole full of birds. Yeah, it can Nate's, happen in Nate's playthrough, uh, and December was their last month of being supported by donations um which uh in that month bay 12 games made a respectable uh, 15,635 dollars and then in january 23 2023 valve paid out profits from the sales of the dwarf fortress release on steam so if you get dwarf fortress from steam it has things like graphics <laughs> um, it's but, very good but you have to pay for it uh, and Bay 12 Games made $7 million, basically. Really? Yeah. Goodness me, they've earned that. Well done, boys. Exactly. That's I thought it was so lovely. And that's the amount after Valve have taken, we presume, their 30% cut, and we presume the publishers, Kit Fox, have taken their cut as well. Uh, Tarn Adams says that of that seven million, a little less than half will go to taxes, and they're continuing to pay people and new business expenses and such. So it's not all personal money, but a lot of it is, and uh, it's lovely to see this instant success for a game that people have loved for over a decade. Yeah, it's a it's a funny thing. Like I've actually been quite melancholy, uh, genuinely about. Dwarf Fortress coming out on Steam to the extent where I haven't been able to play it yet. It's it was like in the mid two thousands from when it sort of first sort of emerged in about two thousand and six to about two thousand and nine. Like those mm. three years, I more consumed with that game than I think I've ever been by anything. It was like madness, really. Um, you know, I'm genuinely glad that period ended. But like, it was, it was the game was so bound up in my life at the time, and like, it's so bloody intricate, and it takes such a long time to learn that it's my conception of what Dwarf Fortress is is entirely accreted within that patch of my life. So it's very odd approaching the idea of starting the game afresh with a lot of changes made, sort of 15 years after the fact. 
if that makes any sense. No, it does. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's... I have never played it because I'm too terrified of it. Have you played it, James? No, I've also never played it because I'm too terrified of it. I'm slightly less terrified of it now that it has uh, graphics. Yeah, Um, now would be your time. It, it still it still doesn't seem like my thing. I'm sorry, Nate. That's no, that is okay. That's okay. If anything, that's soothing. It feels very weird for it to be popular and accessible. <laughs> I mean, it's famously ju- like I mean the sort of motto of it is failure is fun, right, Nate? Like any fortress you build will fail at some point. Yeah, entropy is inevitable. Yeah, yeah, and. It's also famously like the simulation on it is ridiculously complex and deep. Like I, one of the Steam reviews I think is someone saying like my sheep were turning red and I couldn't figure out why, and it was because someone had died out the front of their fort and had bled, and then whenever it rained, the blood kind of remoistened and then got all over the sheep <laughs> and all over their wool every time. <laughs> stuff like that. Well, it's got so many different, like he builds sections onto it, sort of like you know that kind of Howl's Moving Castle architecture. Yeah. Which is like, Let's have a turret here. Let's attach a hall to that. Oh yeah. Well, we'll make concessions to gravity. That's how Dwarf Fortress is sort of put together. So it's got all of these thousands of simulated systems that all sort of interact in the main sandbox, the simulation. But because they've often been made with no forethought to how they might interact on some like esoteric tangent with a system that he's made and forgotten eight years ago means you get these incredible sort of emergent chaoses. Um, I remember that for a while, geese were laying iron thrones instead of eggs, which would <laughs> fall through the air and crush people like melons. What? How? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I do like this story though because I think it's a very nice. It, it's it's sort of like people are good, you know. People can be nice because these these two brothers have cr- created this game and been running it for ten years for free, and people could have kept on playing the free version, but they all wanted to immediately buy the new one and there was even a sort of bemused comment on the community forum on steam someone saying like are you telling me that people have been playing this game for free for like a decade and have then just immediately bought it and rated it highly Mm -hmm. and then it's just a load of replies all just saying yes it's lovely (laughs) it's really nice yeah good for them I did think it was a bit strange that they shared the specific numbers so publicly but then I've also never made seven million dollars and maybe if I did, I would be going around telling everyone. I thought that was bloody brilliant because, like, you, you have to be pretty, pretty shrewd to get away with sort of saying I just earned seven million pounds and making it seem humble rather than like boastful. But they are very, very humble boys. I think if I if I did, it, I'd probably end up telling someone disreputable, and then they'd realise I was rich, and they'd break into my flat to steal all my things. Eight <laughs> <laughs> twelve games, you've made a grave mistake. No, you can never go on a holiday again, otherwise you'll get no. Michael Bublade. Bublade, absolutely Bublade. I love I your air fryer, mate. I live in constant fear of getting Bublade. <laughs> well, it's Beyblade. 
Well, that was worthless. They boo blade my Beyblades. <laughs> <laughs> now that's for legs. I think as well is because they haven't made really much from it for like a decade, so people are, are pleased to see them get a big chunk. Well, because they worked obscenely hard as well. Because like they did make a decent amount on donations, but my goodness, like I think I think Tarn Adams has been like just like Herculeanly living, like working his way through burnout for about a decade now. I hope he maybe got a break, like uh, while things were on sort of converging to this this Steam release. But. Yeah, I hope they did go on holiday and didn't get Blade. Before we move on, uh, Nate, if you if people were thinking of getting Dwarf Fortress for the first time and playing it, what would your advice be? As in, which version to get? No, just if either of them. What? How would one approach playing Dwarf Fortress? How How do you stave off failure for as long as possible? I think it's um, I, I I wouldn't know these days what the the weak link is that that tends to be the first thing you run into. But I suppose philosophically, um, it's probably the last thing you wanted an answer, but you're getting it. Um, I suppose once once you've sort of played eight or nine times and gotten to the stage where you can make the basics work. I would try and force your play around a high concept. Like with my Basement the Curiosity series, I was like, I'm going to make an underground zoo. Because um, the game's basically a story generator that's constantly throwing narrative prompts at you. And if you decide what the very broadest outline of that narrative is going to be, like I'm going to make a hundred types of wine or whatever, then it, it gets interesting because the, the sort of bits of chance the game throws at you you've got a bit more of an intuition as to whether to accept or decline based on whether they further your eventual aim. I so see. I would say go high concept rather than try and... Because if you just try and make a functional fortress that lasts a while, you're playing it as a management sim, which it is, but that's not its strength. Okay, so treat it as if you were writing a column for a video game <laughs> website. Yeah, literally that, yeah. So you're saying to em- embrace the possibility of fucking up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like what's the worst that can happen? Uh, you, you break through the crust of the earth, and loads of you get, well, you muscly get, anteaters come out. Which you get crushed me. by a, a ch- an iron shell birthed by a, <laughs> out of a goose's bum. <laughs> oh my god! People fear geese enough already. Do you guys <laughs> remember the goose gap? The what? The goose gap. I'll see if I can find the tweet that there was. To beg your fucking pardon. I'm sure I told you about the goose gap, Nate. It's an incredibly nasty thing. Uh, there it was like a survey. as a survey of adults in the UK and in the US, and it was basically like, what's the largest of these creatures you think you could take down in like, you know, <laughs> one-on-one? Oh, I do know about this, yeah. Unarmed combat. And it was like, as you'd expect, like most people were like, I could take a rat probably. And, you know, a lot of people thought... They could maybe do, you know, a dog, depending on the dog. A few people were like, yeah, I could take a bear. Um, <laughs> and, but the the thing on the the survey that people commented on was the goose gap, which is that like a lot of Americans thought they could take a goose. And then a lot of like people in the UK were like, I'm not fucking going near a goose. Really funny. <laughs> 
<sighs> like, very good. I'm not going near a goose neither, mate. Um, next story. This is a very Alicey story. Do either of you care about Dragon Age at all? I really want to, but but that's because you're my friend. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, burn on Dragon Age. No. I, I I care in an academic sense. Okay, well, Dragon Age Dreadwolf uh, uh, images and a GIF allegedly leaked from Reddit, although they've since been removed, but they have been... Uh, we're not hosting any of them, but I think some other braver sites um, around still have the GIF and stuff. I'm not going to point you in the right direction. Uh, but if you weren't looking, you'd maybe be able to find them. Um, the According to the Reddit, the video shows... Um, that they saw a video captured by a QA person um, before they moved on to something else. Uh, the top news from this alleged leak is that uh, the Dragon Age combat was historically part like squad based uh, sort of tactics uh, that you could pause um, and you know direct everyone in your squad. Uh, it is now a it looks like you still have companions, but uh, it's more kind of uh, like third-person action in the vein of a uh, like Dad of, of War sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, slashing and hacking. I am not sure how I feel about that. Speaking as a fan of the series, because I I quite liked the fantasy bollocks squad building of it. But that wasn't your favourite thing about it. Uh, no. The fighting was it. No, I think they struck a good balance in Inquisition. Yeah, uh, your man said that uh, animation looks really good and also hair looks really good. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry. This is just like hearing that the the sandwich buffet has been downgraded at the orgy, you know? <laughs> not, not what you're <laughs> there for. That's fair. I am there for the orgy mostly, yeah. Um, still a bit worried about Dreadwolf because it's had a, a reportedly rocky development cycle but we'll see how it goes and we'll see if we get any actual um, gameplay footage of anything at all. Um, are, you, are you satisfied, as, as a Dragon Age expert, um, unlike either of us, are you satisfied by the uh, credibility of this leak? Eh, I mean, yes and no. Like Everything in it sort of makes sense as changes they would make. Yeah. Uh, it's hard with stuff like this because, like, you—it looks very much like like it would be easy to spoof something like this because it looks very much like a lot of other games and menus and stuff. But also, a lot of AAA games do have menus that look very similar anyway. Um, so it's hard to say. But I, it it all makes sense as changes that they would make. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't think it's like that fishy. Um. The only like slightly suspect thing about it is that the it appears that the subtitles bugged out. Are the and same so on all the every, images, every, yeah. Every every single screenshot has the same subtitle, which happens to have like a bit of terminology that's only from Dragon Age. Is it to say, oh yeah, this is a Dragon Age game? That was the only thing I um, noticed that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So it might might be fakey, but um, you never know. You hmm. never know. But it's yeah. I wouldn't be like super surprised if they made it third person action, basically. But who knows? Who knows if it'll even ever come out? Mm-hmm. They did say it's gone. It's gone. Did they say it's gone alpha or gone gold? I can't remember. I think it's gone, gone gold. 
Go gold? No. Barely to go gold. <laughs> Barely yeah. to go gold. Um, speaking of gameplay, I'm going to mention this because we talked about it last week. But do you remember the game that is definitely not a scam? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah, yes. The day before. So they they dropped their promised gameplay trailer, official 10 minutes of gameplay. Uh, so the day before was the previously most wishlisted game uh, for much of 2022. Uh, its Steam page was removed uh, and it was delayed after some sort of trademark dispute because the developer didn't trademark the name of the game before someone before announcing it and someone else trademarked it or something. In any case, all this meant that people started accusing them of sort of being a bit scammy and that maybe the game didn't even exist. However, as James predicted, it looks like the game does exist, but is just kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we got 10 minutes Classic. of... Brilliant. Yeah. It's mostly jogging through an empty street. It's supposed to be like a, a survival, like a zombocalypse kind of survival multiplayer thing. It's very empty. Like if, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, but I feel like if there was this much zombie in the streets right now, life would mostly go on the same. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be that kind of like a like a year and a half into COVID, where it's kind of it's kind of there, and it's kind of annoying to know it's there, but you can still go to McDonald's. This yeah. is it. Yeah. Yeah, that actually it, sounds quite good. What is it you said about it, Jane? It was something really funny. What did you say? Uh, I do not recall an instance of me being funny. Uh, um, oh, I think you said uh, that this amount of zombie um, is something about Jacob Rees-Mogg. Like, he'd still oh, make you... <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, on, on Slack. Uh, if there was this amount of zombie, then we would have Jacob Rees-Mogg telling us we still needed to come into the office. <laughs> like, it's a very low amount of zombie. It's mostly people running around. I think there's some zombie. There's like what three or four zombies, zombies. Are we talking of the sort of the sprinting around screaming type, or the sort of walking around like they've lost their wallet? Mid. Like, like, like the cat, like your character, I believe they are mainly jogging. Yeah, yeah, and then and then it's just yeah, there's just nothing yeah. going on. It's terrible. It's not great, and the, and the UI is like super basic, sort incredibly basic, like fonts and shapes <laughs> it looks it looks, it looks like rubbish shapes it looks like <laughs> it looks like how i remember um uh the daisy daisy standalone looking when it very very first came out maybe it will maybe it'll be huge when it comes up anyway i wanted to bring that up to uh show that <laughs> this podcast is accurate it is, and it is in fact real just kind of rubbish <laughs> This show is full of expertise, and we can accurately predict the state of things. <laughs> <laughs> I there was there was one thing I liked in that trailer, which is the sheer density of fake slash parody branded storefronts. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I, I know this is something you'd see like dotted about in GTA or something as a joke, but there's there is an entire street of these things. Like you start in a place called like FCC, which has the exact <laughs> logo as KFC, and then you jog down a street that has a Costa Coffee. Costa Coffee parody, then a Whole Foods parody, then a Wendy's parody, all right next to each other. It just amused me that they went so hard on the uh, legally distinct brands. 
I always respect that. I enjoy a legally distinct brand. Well, you um, do. The day, day before has got a ton of them. You wrote, didn't you write a whole post about, or someone did, about like the fake film posters in. Uh... Uh, yeah, I did actually in Res- Resident Evil. Yeah. God, my memory's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty good. Praise me. Okay, good. Um, let's move on to from a game that exists but we cannot play to games that exist and we have been playing. You've done better. Don't listen. James <laughs> doesn't James doesn't know about my segues. So Oh yeah, yeah. Let, no, him, let, let him come to realization himself, you know, like that. <laughs> be, be your own judge, James. All right. All right. It's like parents yeah. arguing via a child in a movie about rich, miserable Americans. <laughs> James doesn't like it. <laughs> this week, uh, I have been playing... Well, I, I've been playing something for review that I can't talk about yet. But um, I've mostly been playing the power washing sim of... Uh, free DLC of Lara Croft's mansion. <laughs> it's really good. Oh, I love Power Washing Simulator. It's so good. It has a re- it's really good, and also it has a really good story with like lore. I don't want to spoil stuff if you haven't played it. But Nate, I think you would like it. It involves time travel and the apocalypse. Oh, is and- this all as not as it seems kind of game then? A little bit. I mean, you still. You. I mean, you still just power wash things, but the things that you power wash become increasingly outlandish. I would say, um, the because it's published by Squeenix, it's getting some DLC tie-in stuff. So I believe there's going to be a Final Fantasy VII one, but the one that uh, came out last week is the Lara Croft one. So you clean the the Tomb Raider's house. And then her assault course and stuff and a maze and things. It's quite funny because it starts off trying to give like a fig leaf of kind of uh, woke respectability, I guess, to Lara. Because you you get texts from people while you're cleaning stuff and her butler texts you being like, oh yes, Ms. Croft wants the manor clean because she's hosting a, an archaeological repatriation uh, uh. or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, cool. But then one of the later things you clean is her treasure room. And I was like, okay, Lara. <laughs> There's just like tiger gizzards on ropes. Yeah. It's like the Elgin marbles are in there. Yeah. Yeah, or well, one of the things in there is an entire stuffed T-Rex, and she's like, "Yes, it's real. I had to. I'm getting it back here." So, like, it references the earlier games, and also it is, I guess, now canon that she brought the T-Rex she killed back <laughs> like a trophy. Do you power wash the T-Rex? Mm-hmm. Oh Ooh. yeah, 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 yeah. Power wash all of it. Wouldn't be doing my job. I mean, yeah, I do question the wisdom of blasting what I presume are antique display cabinets with high-pressured water, but uh, mm. it gets the job done, you know? It's great. All right. There's not like it's... a comedy bit where you do it to the first cabinet and it, it just shatters. <laughs> no, that would be good, though. But it does do, like, cute little references to, like, um, the butler getting stuck in the fridge and stuff like that. It's... Okay. Uh, it's do you good. find you find his fro- I know you don't find his frozen corpse because he he texts you. 
No, he says like he'll bring you some tea or something just as soon as he's got out of the predicament he's in. And then Lara texts you being like, has he got out of the fridge yet? Which implies that she put him in there. And I, I don't know. He just likes I... it in there now. He, it, was, it was a joke at first, but he was like, oh, actually, this is, this is peace and quiet. Huh, wouldn't yeah. it be really funny and weird if you locked me in the fridge? Huh, something like that would never happen unless. Haha, <laughs> 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 and then what? <laughs> But it's really good if you genuinely, if you haven't played Power Washing Sim, think about it. It's a very relaxing game. It's very methodical. Uh, it's a great game to listen to like audiobooks or podcasts with as well. I'm a big fan. I will replay it again. I've played genuinely about 70 hours of it. <laughs> I will play it again once I've left it long enough that I f- have forgotten how to clean the treehouse kind of thing. It's great. Wow. Yeah. Which, uh, which, co- which continuity of Lara Croft is Lara Croft in Power Washing Simulator? Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, is it honestly? Presumably, it's not PTSD uh, suffering uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider Lara Croft. No, it's like the fun one. I think the okay. like dual wielding pistols one. Yeah, yeah I believe. I, if I had Thanks. to guess, Nate, what have you been playing this week? Uh, so, uh, I've got some good news for you. I've yeah. unlocked sausages. Yes. Uh, let, let me give you some context. <laughs> so, um, like, Tally has a, a little tablet which she uses to watch the dizzers and things like that. Um, and she's just this week gotten into games. Um, and so there's all this sort of weird, almost cult-like Mickey Mouse programming on Disney+. Plus. And there are a load of little games attached to it. So she's been having a go with them. And I assumed they would be absolute garbage. Um, but they are chillingly well designed. Ooh. Like, they're not, you know, we're not talking about Dwarf Fortress here. The main one I've been playing with her, you're helping Minnie Mouse run a food truck where you make smoothies and, and things and snacks for people. But I... <laughs> All I can say is that every single detail of them has clearly been thought through by committees of extremely talented game designers to do extraordinarily simple things. Um, it's weird because no one will ever talk about games like that. Yeah. Um, but some of the little sort of... Because they're meant to just keep the attention span of a four-year-old. And so there's all sorts of tiny little you know, bits of visual and audio feedback and like sort of like astonishingly intuitive UI things because kids can't read. Um, and yeah, like I, 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 I'm not saying I'm having this revelation about all kids games. Cause a lot of them, you know, are just made for like 19 P um, by someone who doesn't care because they know parents won't care about the quality, but Disney being Disney, it's just really odd seeing these hyper engineered children's mini games. Yeah. Are they, would you recommend them or do you sort of find them, do you respect them, but find it's, them a little bit chilling? No, I, I they're actually quite reassuring um, because, you know, you sort of absorb the, the, the general cultural poison of like, oh, my child's having too much screen time. They'll go square eyed. Um, but, you know, these, these are, like she's learned all the names of the bloody planets off Goofy. And that's fine. Oh, that's good. Let him do the work. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit... I do sometimes find it a bit um, 
uh, I don't know what the word is, but like there was, I think I recommended it. There's a, a sort of documentary on YouTube about uh, the Disney Channel theme music, and it's really good. It made me cry. But in part of it, the guy talks to people who used to work on the Disney Channel, and one of them, she says, like, well, when they were making Finding Nemo, sort of like a few, like a year or something before they announced it, they ran little bumpers on the Disney channel with like fish facts and stuff and like info about fishes preparing the children for when they announced their fish movie, you know, that's it, you know, it's just like, so right. maybe goofy is teaching your child about the planets. Cause they're about to do some sort of space thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's all in the service <laughs> of content. Essentially yeah. Con- consume content. Uh, God, sorry, I made that a bit grim. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying uh, spending time with your child, Nate. Glad you unlocked the sausages, Nate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the thing. Yes, yeah, the thing that drew my attention to it was this hilarious spinning graphic, just saying sausages unlocked <laughs> and Tally celebrated, <laughs> like she was in like NASA mission control as Neil Armstrong broadcasted from the moon. She's <laughs> wild. For I it. mean, sausages are pretty great, though. In fairness. L- imagine if you didn't imagine if you had to unlock every type of food you can enjoy in life <laughs> by doing an unrelated activity that would be good it would I hate that big it would time. make you work more though for your for your food i'll be okay with that uh nate uh no you're nate james hello what have you been playing uh so i've been playing current internet darling uh hi-fi rush oh uh, which uh, flows flows to a somehow unfamiliar is kind of like um, Devil May Cry ish, um, like hack and slash, uh, but with rhythm action to it. So you, yeah. know, you attack enemies on the beach that does more damage. Music constantly playing. Um, except it's not it's not like Devil May Cry at all. Cause it's very colourful and fun. Um, I quite like it. Um, I think that I think that kind of combat works really well for a rhythm game. Um, uh, the only the only one I've played, f- the only kind of other one of that style I've played fully is Metal Hellsinger, which is also very good. Uh, yeah. I think Melee 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 works a bit more. It's a bit more kinetic, and that works. That I think that works more of a kind of high pitched, not high pitched, uh, high 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 octane, very fast paced yeah. uh, musical game. Um, it's quite funny as well. Um, there's a lot of quip dialogue. Um, it's quite- <laughs> But it's campy enough to get away with it. Okay. Um, un- unlike Forspoken. Yeah, I was going to say, is it Disney quippy or is it like knowing? Is it's probably more di- no, no, it no, it is it is quite knowing. It is quite knowing because um, there's also a lot of like decent physical gags and sight gags. Um, it, it it never has a moment of trying to take itself really seriously at all. Yeah. Um, so the dialogue comes off a lot better, I think. Um, I don't love it though. There's a lot of sections where it becomes just a very basic platformer when really you're just there for like the <laughs> the mu- the musical fighting. Is the music good? It's pre- it's pretty good. It, it's not as it's not as memorable, I don't think, as yeah. in Metal Housinger. Because the thing that I I sort of like Nate, I wish I could like rhythm action games, but I just don't. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just don't like them. I just don't like the style of like 
But I really, I like, I want to play Hi-Fi Rush because the thing that has really struck me about it is the animation, the art style. I think yeah. it looks amazing. Oh yeah, it looks absolutely cracking. Um, have you have you seen like the the transitions between like in game and they do some sometimes they switch to two D animation for some cutscenes. No, they do some like re- yeah, there's some really like a uh, good transitions between you know, the cell shaded stuff, then it goes into actual just traditional two D and then back out. What um, the which... amazing thing about it as well is that this is by Tango Gameworks. It was kept... oh my god, yeah, the... yeah, yeah. It was kept entirely secret, and then it was just bam, here's this of, game of the evil within and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. Um, I actually, like, I actually really like Ghostwire Tokyo as well. So that's two that's two Tango games in a row. Uh, really I like Ghostwire well Tokyo as well, and I feel like Ghostwire Tokyo functions well as like a transitional game between uh, The Evil Within Two, which is a game about nightmare sex monsters, and this, which is a nice, colourful musical <laughs> cartoony adventure. I think you yeah, need yeah, that palate cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> They've got range. <laughs> they do. By God, yeah, do they have sure. range. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Although not unlike uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, Hyper Rush can feel a bit empty sometimes. Um, mm. Like a like, there's a lot of basic platforming. I've done, I spent a lot of time running around like factories or offices, just looking for robots to hit. Just <laughs> like in real um, life, yeah. I was going to say that's Nate's ideal day. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a bit. There is a bit of padding. I wouldn't. I haven't finished it. I've heard it's like quite short, maybe like six hours. I actually wouldn't mind it being shorter um, and just focusing in really tightly on the combat because that's definitely the definitely yeah. the highlight, definitely the the bit that gets the uh, the old neurons firing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you are looking for other games to play as well, listener, uh, it is the Steam Next Fest currently. I think it'll still be going when this airs um so you could try demos of loads of games we've got a roundup of some of our favorite demos and there are also a bunch of games that keep their demos online after the next fest and some games that just have demos anyway we're doing a thing on rps at the moment called magic week where we're celebrating uh, games about magic um and witchcraft and wizardry asterisk or that one um and uh, one of the ones I played is called Potion Tales, which uh, is really fun. It's just a short demo, but it's um, uh, a sort of puzzle game where you run like an underground kind of shady illegal potions den and people turn up and uh, present you with a problem. And then you just make whatever potion you think will help. And there's no wrong answers in that like they'll just come back and tell you what happened and then maybe ask you for another potion if it goes wrong it's really really fun uh that there's one I, I definitely recommend checking out uh let us head now into uh a good wear to die hard is that what we decided <laughs> on or a good day to wear hard <laughs> uh, a good day to wear hard there we go Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have uh, much big hardware news um, this week. Make some up. Uh, <laughs> water coolers catch fire. Yeah, I'm into it. Ironically. Yeah, no. Um, I am currently <laughs> testing the... I'm, I'm a bit late on this, admittedly, but I'm currently testing the NVIDIA GeForce RTX 4070 Ti. Oh, that's too uh, many. <laughs> 
Um, are you, you're clearly not familiar with the um, RX 7900 XTX. Gosh. The graphics card with the most Xs in it. Don't ever, like it. Probably. The exact model of which I'm testing uh, costs £950. And so my review for that is probably just going to be identical to the last four graphics card reviews I've written, <laughs> which is all basically, wow, it's very fast, but I don't want to spend that much on a graphics card, thank you. Bloody hell, yeah. yeah. That's, actually, that's... So I'm, I'm curious as to what you two think of this, because I, I, am, I am trapped forever in a technology journalist bubble um, where I can look at that and think, that's really expensive, but also it could be worse. It could cost like £1,600 or something. Um, so I, I, I'd like the perspective of folks who, well, I, I don't know, like when you, when you look at, when you look at a 950 pound graphics card, what is your, what is your visceral reaction? Uh, my uh, reaction is that's expensive, but I would want to know how long that'll last me kind of thing. Cause if it's that much money, but you're telling me, you know, that will last me the next five years or whatever, <clears> I would Maybe I would be more like, yeah, okay. Oh, really? Okay. You know, because it, it's it's not it's not just like completely off-putting. Well, no, I it's mean, it's off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> Graphics cards in my head fall into the taxonomy of objects that will automatically cost a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I sort of write that off in my cognition. I don't tend to buy. I don't like buying very expensive things. Like, that's not to say I'm like, you know good with money or anything i just tend to waste it on lots of small things okay okay um, maybe i maybe i'm more annoyed about this than uh, than you guys are um well i think it's for me as well like like i assume they're gonna cost a ridiculous amount of money not that it's good but it's just like like if mm. i need to spend that much and i think my consideration with it as well which might be different to people listening at home is that this is my job so yeah. I kind of need one, you know, and I am going to yeah. have to upgrade soon because I didn't hit minimum spec for bloody full spoken. So, <laughs> oh, I did hit min. I didn't hit recommended. So okay. I, it's sort of like that, that element of choice is, it becomes a bit more of a, a need role, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what, what what's egregious to me is that, um, so like four, maybe four years ago, um, like the 2070 Ti, so kind of like the predecessor to this one would have cost maybe like 400 pounds. And then, you know, the graphics card market just went arse over itself. Yeah. Everything, everything became like two or three times more expensive. Um, then the, but then this, like this new generation that launched late last year, this was supposed to be, this was supposed to be the savior. This is when, this is everything. Everything you've been waiting for, like you can just buy a graphics card at a reasonable price. It'll just, it, it'll come. It'll come with this new generation, promise. And then it showed up, and it's just like four or five really expensive cards that are no cheaper than when it was all inflated due to stock shortages and crypto bullshit. Um, is that is that it then? It's it because they went up because of the the sort of artificial inflation from that. Is it like a hangover from that sort of how uh, like the fuel prices went up, but they've never gone down again? Well, in Nvidia say that it has genuinely become more expensive to produce the cards, and so that is reflected in the prices. Um, 
I don't. I I find it hard to believe they've become twice as expensive to make as a rule. Yeah. Um. I think there may there may be an element of well, people still bought graphics cards when they were like hideously inflated. So we let's try just keeping the prices up. Yeah. Because we can get away with it. Is there a cowboy metaphor you could imply uh, apply to this? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh. So a cowboy has been lost in the desert for six days. Um, His horse has perished. Um, He's crawled past five or six mirages that were not in fact filled with water. He finally arrives to a small cantina um, on the New Mexico border. Craw- oh, I love the specificity. Good, good stuff, man. Cra- crawls in, beg- begging for beg- begging for a drink, any liquid, and uh, all they have is pots of I don't know liquid. Old rip- Mister McKellie's air quotes owl piss number seven. <laughs> no, know. no, um, the, the opposite. Like oh. four, like two hundred year old whiskey and pots of liquefied rhodium. Oh great! And uh, and the bar and the barkeeper is not in a charitable mood. So yeah, uh, if you've been if if you have been waiting two years for a more affordable graphics card, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's like a Cohen Brothers cowboy an- analogy. That is, yeah, that's bleak as heck. Okay, <laughs> well, well, uh, thank you, James. We'll keep an eye on oh, it. You're well. You'll keep an eye on it and uh, maybe keep us updated on the graphics card situation. <laughs> I will do. I always, I always like to provide a cheerful, uplifting news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, but for now, we have to head into Nate's ominous tower of jocularity. Tower of laughs. We don't have a sting for it, really, do we? Can we have a sting for it? Uh, what do you think of one for next week? Okay. And then we'll deploy it. Uh, like you just both briefly sound like you're climbing a tower, at least. Oof. Oh man, this tower's really tall. I want a lot of stairs. I'm Ooh, out right. of shape. <laughs> Good stuff, folks. What mini game have you got for us this week, Nick? Uh, a bit, bit of a simple classic, actually. Just because since you mentioned it last week, we'll do some dark bargains. Okay. Ooh. Um. So. Uh, Alice, I'm going to start with you. Um, so every delivery service you're currently signed up for, anything that delivers things, okay. um, everything is suddenly magically provided by a single company that gives all profits to charities you approve of. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can get to it all through a single portal as well. So anything you want delivered to your house, just go to one okay. portal. You know, this is great. The downside is... The goods are always delivered at a random moment by an animatronic gorilla that moves at an astonishing speed and will jump scare you. Okay. <laughs> and can get to anywhere you are. And then, you know, it won't hurt you or anything. It'll just like zoom up to you, like break at impossible speed and then slowly extend its sort of shuddering arm okay. with whatever you've ordered. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to teach you a lesson here, James. It pays to define terms with Nate. So okay. um, when you say a random moment, do I? It, will it be while I'm sleeping it could happen or is it just in my waking hours? Uh, 
it can be while you're sleeping. You can be woken by the ape. Yeah. So the ape has means of ingress to my home. <laughs> yeah, it'll just sort of no clip through the doors. Okay. <laughs> it's very eerie. Okay. Um, uh, but equally, could do it at a funeral or a wedding. Uh, just wherever oh, I am. Especially at a funeral or a wedding. Especially. No, no, the, the gorilla doesn't take sides. It's. Uh, it, it, it's a philosophical zombie. Um, okay. All right. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I mean, you just sort of forgo ordering things in the couple of days before a wake, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's true. And it, and it, will it, does Unless it Unless it's my wake, because that's firmly in what he would have wanted territory. Yes, that's true. Would it, does it operate as well on sort of um, standard shipping times or is it always like next day? Uh, yeah, it would. You get an option like you do with some things like, you know, I'll bundle these together in one order <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, or like wait five to seven days. Yeah. Okay. Would you like the teleporting jump scare gorilla? No, the gorilla Is isn't an option. I, it, it will always be a teleporting oh, jump scare gorilla. Okay. Um, but I can maybe control the day that he arrives. Uh, well, you can, okay. you, can, you can wait your odds, I would say. Okay, okay. You yeah, cannot yeah. control the jump scare gorilla. Okay, um, and this just includes anything that might be delivered to me or just stuff I order. Like, will my bank statements that are sent to me without my request come uh, no, in? No, nothing, nothing. The consent is very important to the animatronic jump scare. Group. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's just stuff I'm expecting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I take the jump scare gorilla, yeah. Oh, well, he's on his way now. <laughs> With your certificate of ownership. <laughs> Hooray! Good job. Uh, now, what was the other one I came up with? Okay, right. James, one for you then. All right. Um, so, you, you have a space marine off okay. of Warhammer. Okay. And, like, he will never harm you. Uh... And he has sworn you will not die by violence while he's in you. He has no affection for you. Okay. He's not necessarily particularly compliant. It's his decision whether he wants to do things you say. But he will ensure that you do not die by violent means to the best of his ability. Okay. So you can have that. But he always hangs out by your fridge when he's not doing things. Uh, and every single night... Shrek tries to violently enter your house and murder you. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as he said, you will not die by violence, like, I knew something was coming, but the the Shrek jump scare was... uh, (laughs) That was unexpected. Okay, so working assumption is that a space marine, a space marine could take Shrek. Like he, uh, oh, yeah. He will reliably he he will reliably be prevent Shrek from entering my home and murdering me. I mean, I suppose in Warhammer Forty K, Shrek would count as an Ogryn. Um Yeah, and I think a standard Astartes will still usually come out tops in close combat. Okay, uh, and certainly at range. Which which chapter of the Space Marines is uh, a Space? That's a great question. Sorry, I've gobbled up my own tongue in an attempt to answer it. Uh, he's a salamander. Oh, the, oh, the nice one. Okay. 
Yeah, well, in, relatively sometimes rel- relatively c- speaking. civilian casualties, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, he might sometimes comment that your lunch looks healthy, but, you know, it's that kind of office kitchen level banter you're going to get from him. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh. That's so specific. I know exactly what you mean. Um, I'm a bit concerned that my my fridge isn't especially close to any of the entrances to my flat, um, in which case that might allow Shrek inside, even if he doesn't actually make it his knife doesn't make it to my heart. I mean, a space marine can hear a Shrek moving under snow over 200 <laughs> meters away. <laughs> so you're right in winter. Okay, okay. Um, uh, yeah, he'd probably he'd probably fit in the lift. Um, that wouldn't be a problem. Uh, very large. Very yeah, very large. But um, Are these big lifts. So cool. Uh, if if he he'll have to crouch a bit, but I think he'll be all right. He he yeah. isn't he isn't full power armor, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. Ooh, do you know it's t- it's tempting to have my personal space marine. Um, I I'm I'm still just concerned about that kind of naught point naught 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 point one percent chance that Shrek is successful. Yeah. Um. In which that's case, always going to be a factor. That's going to hang over you. In which case, it's not—it's not so much the fact of being. I'm not scared of the fact of being killed by Shrek per se. It's uh, it's that my <laughs> it's that my legacy was that I'd be I'd be the guy who was killed by Shrek. <laughs> my my kids would have to grow up, not just fatherless, but knowing shamed. Yeah, knowing that their their father was the one who was killed, you know, slain by Shrek, and the other kids at uh, school would make fun of them as well. Yeah, they call him like, Shrek killed your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's worth doing for that alone, to be honest. Um. Oh, but but do I, is it is it is it right to live in fear? Well, I mean, should, should we? Maybe it's just teaching us all an important lesson in how to consider I mean, stati- morali- um, mortality. St- statistically, I'm more likely to be run over by a car than killed by Shrek. Than killed by Shrek, days. yeah. With assume, well, assume I have the Space Marine. I don't know. Um, I don't think I could live with the stress of it. Do I have to? Do I have to? F- like, do I have to feed and board the Space Marine? No, he'll, he'll deal with them. Good so I suppose you could, if you're worried about the low-level anxiety of the whole situation, is inviting an eight-foot armoured fascist to live in your home maybe compounding the bad vibes? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think I'm. 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 I'm going to have to turn it down. I think. It's a no, good I, I, I respect you for that. It's, it's a. a it's a. It's a. Com- it is a combination of not wanting to have killed by Shrek on my tombstone and also. Yes, having the having the space Nazi in my kitchen at all times. Why would it be on your tombstone? Which of your loved ones? <laughs> <laughs> like your partner's I mean, part- solemnly paying extra for. <laughs> for what it's worth, I think you both chose really wisely today. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Let's, Thanks, mate. Let's get out of here, James. <laughs> 
do, Here's do a parachute. To, do we have to make a sound? Oh, so we don't have to make a sound of ourselves going down the stairs again. No, imagine like the opening cut man uh, cut, cut scene to Hitman Three. The opening cut man to Hitman Three. <laughs> the opening cut um, man to Hitman Three. Yeah, yeah, where they're um, like base jumping uh, off the Burj Dubai. Oh, blimey! Okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> Whoosh! Oh, that was nice. <laughs> All right, we've come to the end of the episode and all that is left now is for us to do some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. This week I'm going to recommend a book. It's a book about evolutionary biology uh, by Lucy Cook and it's called Bitch. Ooh, edgy. (laughs) Now, it's about um, how... It's basically about the the female animal and about how um, biologists have... uh, for years been stuck assuming the same things uh, about uh, mating and evolution and things like that because of Victorian and sort of Darwinian values about how women are, are dainty creatures who are, you know, virginal and and very fey and stuff. And it's super interesting. Uh, you open it to any page and it will have some cool fact about, like, animals mating in a weird way, uh, like... Oh, it tells you about hyena clits, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, so hyenas are indistinguishable from between. You can't tell the difference between a male and a female hyena until you get close enough to squeeze their balls. Basically, stuff like that. Uh, Chapter four is called Fifty Ways to Eat Your Lover: The Conundrum of Sexual Cannibalism." You know, it's a great book. I'm a big fan. Yeah, it's on Uh, my list actually. In what what sense is it a conundrum? As in to do it or uh, it's, not? No, it's like how if you are a male, how do you st- st- uh, maximize your chances of not getting eaten ah, when see. you're having sex? Because there are loads of species, predominantly like spiders, uh, can get eaten by the the female a lot, and they have loads of different ways of of trying to not get eaten. So there's one species I can't remember the name, but like I think it's like a wolf spider, and the males will if they spot. A, a female being mated will go up and have like a little threesome because then she'll be sort of distracted and won't know which one to eat stuff like that. Oh, okay, yeah. well, that, that, that's that's pretty sporting actually because it gives the it gives the other guy like a fifty fifty chance. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Or there's some will like drag up kind of webbed offerings of food that they've caught, so she'll eat that instead. It's great, hmm. really interesting. I'd love to see um, like a sort of a Will Ferrell comedy about two male spiders reluctantly helping each other not die, uh, <laughs> despite being after the same lady spider, who'd be played by probably Sarah Silverman. That would so be great. To imagine yeah. like the archetypal film from 2008. Yeah, Will Ferrell and Marky Mark. Yes. The two spiders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nate, what are you recommending this week? Um, oh, I've forgotten. I, oh. I've been on a really good run of like consuming at least one thing a week as well. <laughs> we can circle back if you want. James, do you have something to recommend this week? Uh, I do. Um, I, I can hardly recommend uh, Jude's Salted Caramel Sauce. Ooh. I know, that, I, know, I know this is the second viscous liquid I've recommended <laughs> in two weeks, um, but this is genuinely the best like off-the-shelf salted caramel sauce. Ooh. It's a shill for big sludge. <laughs> it's good though because you're cementing your your differences from uh matthew who wouldn't have liked shiny viscous liquids so 
but that means he'd never have salted caramel sauce, and that's not a life worth living. <laughs> he doesn't like salt either. So <laughs> anyway, tell us, tell us about tell us about the caramel sauce. Uh, it's just really thick and rich, um, just the right amount of salt. And according to the label, it is carbon negative. Does that work? I don't know. It doesn't elaborate anywhere else on the label. So I, I guess I just have to take its word. Is this, one of, is this one of those, like, it's probably one of those, you know, bullshit things where they plant some trees and they're like, we've offset, we've offset the carbon. How much carbon can be involved in making caramel? I don't know. Well, <laughs> you, know, you have to, you have to, you have to melt it. So there's heat and then there's presumably all that, all that waste caramel <laughs> smoke entering the atmosphere. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I, I love a caramel sauce. So thank you for that, James. Uh, Nate. Have you thought of something? Yeah, it's going to have to be quite weak because I'm genuinely haunted by the disappearance of my memory of the thing I'd actually considerately thought about. Um, the weak thing I'm going to wreck. Well, no, it's a good thing. Um, it's well, you can buy slush puppies from Iceland. Uh, <laughs> I really like the sour cherry one. I'm okay. afraid that's all I've got. No, that's good. I'll take it. Uh, I have no Henry Cavill updates for you this week, I am afraid. Oh, what? I know. He's, he's... guarding James's fridge. <laughs> <laughs> he's, keep... he's keeping his head down. He's working on his Warhams. Uh, so nothing from, from Vitamin H this week. But as ever, Henry, if you're listening, get in touch. We'd love to have you on the show. Uh, and that is it from us this week. Thank you so much for listening to Rock Web Shotgun's Electronic Wireless Show. Uh, we'll be back again next week. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok by searching Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, but for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Alice. It is goodbye from James. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Nate. Farewell. Farewell.